In the best relationships, there's a give and get associated with it. A lot of the experiences, especially with companies who are just starting their partner programs, they're asking you for a lot, but not really offering you much in return for the time and investment you spend to you know, help them go to market or service that solution. What's interesting and and probably odd for me to say is that the dollars for selling the software are not as important as is it a solution that can help that client and will it make us as a partner more sticky, us as a partner more sticky and more sticky. Welcome to the Partner Programs Podcast. Here's your host, my dad. I want to do a quick introduction before we get this podcast going, a little bit of a teaser to help everybody. This is the Partner 2020 Podcast. We want to make sure that we are bringing the agency voice into the channel discussion. We feel like agencies are not looked to enough for their input, for their advice, for their instruction, for their experience in the world of channel partnerships. So what we try to do with the podcast and with partnerprograms.io in general is to bring the two voices together so that partner managers, partner teams, CEOs really understand what is working, what is not working, how to actually partner with someone like Chris. So Chris, tell me real quickly, name, agency name, who are your partners today? And what is broken in partnerships, in your opinion? Christopher Antonopoulos with Measured Results. We focus on setting up primarily MarTech and sales tech stacks for companies. And we partner with most of the major players from a marketing technology standpoint. We talk about platforms, HubSpot, Pardot, Marketo, Eloqua down the line, you know, CRM systems, Salesforce. Microsoft Dynamics and you know, figuring out how to connect all those bits. We also we partner with probably in the ballpark of 40 to 45 different technologies that all connect within those stacks. I think sort of what's working and what's not working and, and especially what's not working is you know, we get a lot of requests you know, almost on a weekly basis for a new technology partner and new MVP service and the focus is really around a sales pitch. If you sell our product, you will make X number of dollars in recurring revenue and sort of you know, trying to sell it to us that way. I think what's really missing is the understanding what we do as an organization and our clients and how do we provide value using that solution rather than being a pure dollar play. I think for us, it's, it's a huge investment in order to bring a new technology partner around. And many of them are missing the basic training or information you need to learn the software. So you know, if we partner with you and use your software and sell it to our basic clients and train our sales team, we have to know that backward and forward because they expect us to be first line of support. If something is broken, they're not gonna call the software provider they're gonna call us right away. And so you know, understanding that it's more than just a dollar relationship, providing that training on the software and really be our, be our sort of additional arms and legs to help us get up to speed is really important because what most software vendors don't know is that 
on average, it costs us between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars to onboard a new software application. That is, learning the application, training our sales team, getting in there and seeing how it integrates with other tools, and making sure it works the right way before we're even comfortable recommending it to someone. So I'd say those are the key things that are broken in those ecosystems and you know, things you need to do to work with a, a company like ours that, that services prospects for you. All right, Chris. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the discussion. And the main theme we want to get out of this is really how partnerships work inside of an organization like Chris's, like MRM. You know, they've been doing this longer than most agencies out there, and they have some of the biggest partners uh, to call actual partners that they've grown with, that they've sunk that time and energy in. Um, so I invited Chris onto the podcast today to make sure that anyone that has Chris as their partner persona, their agency partner persona, I'm talking to any MarTech out there that's selling into mid-market enterprise, any B2B software out there that's selling into mid-market uh, enterprise. Uh, listen into this recording and we'll start off, Chris, if you can help me out with the genesis of where MRM got going, what was the first partner that you onboarded and how did that relationship start? Well, I think, you know, for us, it, it, you'd think our first relationship would be with a marketing automation platform. I think where we really started, our first relationship was with ReachForce, now Lead, lead Spaces. And so what, um, what worked really well is they took the time to understand where we wanted to be as a business, you know, how, those, how those component pieces worked. And um, yeah, we started with a joint marketing effort. So what we did um, originally was set up a quick webinar where we, um, we talked about you know, how do you keep your data clean? Um, and they, we started with that as that sort of introduction to working together. And that, you know, that worked particularly well. I think you know, we've maintained that relationship um, throughout the six and a half years now for measured results. But you know, it, it really started with a webinar. We have shared pipeline. And so prospects that are looking for that type of solution, we share, their sales team shares what they're working on. We share what opportunities we are. And then we do joint events over time. And that those are the best relationships for us because you know, not only do we want to provide good solutions, we also want to provide good value and have help not only getting our name out there in the marketplace, but also you know, helping our partner um, get a bit more awareness based on the clients and prospects we work with. That's great to hear. Co-marketing, that's, that's rare in the agency SaaS world of partnerships. I mean, that is something that top agencies get a hold of, and it is something that very few partners even extend that, um, that type of incentive, but that's something we love. So it's good to hear that you have a couple of good event co-marketing relationships. Um, but talk to me about the full stack, if you can. So if you can list out who your current partners are, of those uh, tools that you use, and maybe not the full stack, but uh, give me give me the most used tools and which ones are partners, and then let's talk about the relationship with those key partners. Well, I think that um, I think that we bucket our partners into different categories. So there are marketing automation platforms. So when we talk about 
HubSpot, Pardot, Marketo, Marketing Cloud, you know, El Oracle, Eloqua. So there's the platform level partners in you know, Salesforce and Microsoft Dynamics on the CRM side. And then the other partners are bucketed based on solutions. So you have data visualization. So you have you know, Tableau, Domo, um, Power BI, um, a whole host of tools in, in that area. Then you look at you know, partners that we have that do you know, online events. You have you know, companies like Cvent, On24, you know, Zoom, uh, Vidyard. Um, so we have a whole, and then, you, then we look at you know, companies that help us augment data. So you have Discover.org, Zoom Info, um, Reachforce, Lead Pages. So we have a whole host of different software partners based on the specific needs that our clients have you know, all, all across the stack. It could be you know, sales intel.io, Kixi, um, Ring DNA. And so as you can imagine, you, you see that, that Scott Brinker chart with you know, thousands now of vendors. What we focus on is based on SaaS companies, business services and manufacturers we work with, there's certain there's certain ones of those tools that you know are a better fit for those type of organizations. So I think you know relationships they're they're very different depending on what the tool is. We want to dig into the genesis of the partnerships is the best way that we can articulate for these listeners that are trying to figure out who and how to partner with an agency like yours. You know, I think um, the best thing that we can give them is you know, a really solid look at the day-to-day -day of those quality partnerships, where they started. If you can remember even those first couple of touch points, did you go to them? Did they go to you? And um, how they evolved, you know? So if you remember any key moments during that partnership that were super positive for both of you, whether you co-sold your first deal together, whether you did an event together, talk to me about one that really comes to mind while I'm saying this what goes on day to day and what are some of the key moments that you remember? Yeah. So I think, I think the best partnerships are ones that, that start with one of our clients having a specific need. And so, you know, the best way to get in front of us is to, you know, generate some sort of demand or interest from one of the clients that we're working with. So I, I you know, I can think of, you know, sonotype as an example and demand base. And so, you know, the, the best ones start out where there is a client we're working with, they are exploring a technology. And if we are not partners of that technology, a lot of times that relationship and that, that need from the end customer is that genesis that leads to us reaching out and understanding more about that, that software or that solution. I think from an outreach perspective, you know, as, a, you know, as, a, as an organization, I think we always want to understand you know, what is the addressable market. What's interesting and, and probably odd for me to say is that the dollars for selling the software are not as important as is it a solution that can help that client and will it make us as a partner more sticky over time, i.e. they need help with servicing that solution, 
training their marketing or sales team on how to use it and something that we can put you know, ongoing or recurring revenue for our organization against. And so I would say that one is if a client of ours or prospect, you know, we have a critical mass of them, let's say you know, eight to 10 or better coming to us and asking about a solution. I think you know, our, our relationship with Drift started that way or you know, having a specific demand from you know, a client that needs services or incremental help and coming to us with a deal. I think those are you know, some of the, the key ways to start and you know, makes it a bit more tenable in terms of us investing the time to learn the solution and learn how to sell it because we can see the ROI from that investment immediately. That's interesting, especially with the bigger tools. It's so important to understand that if you're going to take that $20,000, you know, that, that training, all the time and all the energy and, and all the marketing collateral, and all the stuff that you have to do to onboard into that partnership, um, you mentioned 15 to 20,000, somewhere in there, you have to know that there is a large enough market that your team has the purview to sell into on the other side. So that's critical for partner managers to understand. They are the partners that you really want are going to vet the business side of the relationship. And that doesn't mean your commissions. That really means how your tool can help them increase the number of clients, grow the retainers, all of that stuff that their business needs to do. So it has to have alignment um, and there has to be a business case to make there. And tell me this, Chris, and I want to hear it from you, but does that business case when you're building that, whatever it is, the, you know, the workup of the relationship, right? And VCs do this with all new portfolio companies. They have this huge workup of the potential for that investment to pay off, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're building that uh, and someone has a commission structure, uh, referral fees, uh, what do you do with that referral fee? How do you look at that early on in the relationship? Do you even look at it? What, what value is there? To be honest, it doesn't mean much. I would say that, you know, it's sort of, you, know, you can imagine we get, you know, dozens of these emails every month with companies who want us to be a, you know, a, a partner of theirs and essentially, you know, the role that the role that a lot of you know, sort of startup or MVP providers want is us to be their servicing arm. So they have an MVP product. You know, they want an organization that's well known for taking care of clients, setting up solutions and servicing them over time. And so, you know, the value that we provide is an instant market, um, you know, awareness in front of a target audience of prospects who can buy their service. You know, when I look at sort of that an initial partner commission compared to what it costs us to get up to speed, if we don't have the services that sit behind it, then it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't particularly matter. I mean, there's you know, some providers are saying, you know, we will pay you 20% or, 30% of, of sales to, you know, essentially be our advisor on how should we develop the product and market it and use the marketing engine we built to promote it. But those are, 
those dollars are so little compared to the opportunity cost to onboard it that they are, you know, at least in the very beginning, they don't matter. I think the other odd thing is, you know, some of these solutions want to sell us on that software initially and don't realize sort of how much time we need to take in order to get to know it. So it's, we want you to be a partner, but we want you to pay you know, X hundred dollars a month for a solution to be a customer of ours. And so for me, that's sort of a, that's not the right, not the right way to start this type of, of relationship. In the business case of that new partnership, there is not much weight put on the commission structure early on, at least. Those start to play a role way later in the relationship when you have dozens or so clients um, or referrals that you have sent them. Now, the other part about that is it, it sounds like, from what you mentioned there at the end, that it almost muddies the relationship to where you know, if you start and even hypothetically, you sell an agency on the partnership based on those commission fees, like build this whole case around how much money this other agency has made and, um, and where their, you know, their client base sits and how much commission based on their clients they could make. It sounds like that just starts you off on a non-partnership track, right? That's what it sounds like. If it's, if it's about, if it's just about the money, it's not a good, it's not really a good partnership or relationship to start. The best relationships are ones where you are, you have a shared sales pipeline. You, know, you are, are going to market together. You know, you're, you're doing joint marketing in those pieces. And so, you know, when you get into it, you know, what we look at is, does this have the potential to help the client's base to solve this specific challenge, you know, what does that look like against our, our our base of clients and our base of prospects? And so, you know, can it help them? Is it, you know, better than a solution they're using today, or is it fully missing? And then, how hard or easy it is for us to get up to speed on that solution, um, and and help a and help a client if a client comes to us with that solution, let's say that we already have a relationship or are doing an ongoing sales or marketing operations engagement for them, then you know, that's sort of the fastest way to our fastest way to our hearts. And then the money always comes after that if those first pieces work. But starting out with you, know, you could sell these organizations. I have this one one, organi- one company that has wanted to partner with us for the last five years. I probably get an email from them or someone on our team you know, once a month. Do you want to be a partner? You know, our most successful partners have sold $14 million worth of services against what we're selling. And I sort of, I sort of, I get that and I, I chuckle a bit because they have the solution they have doesn't fit with any of our addressable market or clients we have. And so I'm just sort of baffled after all this time and having a conversation saying it's not a fit while there's why they're still trying to trying to court us. Great anecdote. So that's something to learn from. It doesn't mean, you know, don't email your partners. Don't try to keep up 
with the partners that you really want. It means when you're doing your partner analysis, your profile analysis, you're, you're sorting through a list of agencies that you'd love to partner with, just purely looking at, hey, they partner with Marketo, so they'd probably be a great partner for us. You have to be really honest with how that agency looks at your software and if it does not align with where that agency wants to go, and correct me if I'm wrong, where you are going, where your brand, your culture, everything that you do as an agency, if it's not aligning on that mission, like you said, shared sales pipeline, if you can't create that shared sales pipeline type of alignment where you're both doing the same sort of activity and now you're just doing it together, then um, leave them alone. You know, it's not going to be a good, yeah, sort of, even if you sell them, it's still not going to become what you want it to be. And sort of do your homework as well. So, I mean, you will find us listed on, you know, partners for a whole host of different software solutions. But, you know, it's, you know, we do not build websites. So we are partners with a whole host of, again, we talked about different marketing automation platforms. You know, our role is to help configure that software, make sure it's integrated, make sure that organizations can you know, understand what future revenue is based on activities. And then from a system perspective, make sure everything works. Marketing attribution, your database is clean. And so you know, if you have a software to help build websites or you know, SEO optimized content, you know, we're probably not the right people to talk to, but you know, we get all sorts of requests like that where it's, oh, they are a top partner of HubSpot as an example. And so because they're a top partner of HubSpot, they must be doing websites, content, SEO, and PPC. And so we're going to, we're going to try to talk to them and see if they can buy or resell our software. That will frustrate um, any organization where it's just a not getting to know them, but just looking at a list of partners you know, scraping it from a partner directory and, and doing research on LinkedIn or using a data source is, I can't tell you how many emails I get via LinkedIn on a daily basis with offers like that that don't even match with what we do as a business. And this is very topical right now because we're about to kick off this accelerator program where we're going to take a bunch of partner teams through 90 days of really understanding what an agency relationship should be and how to go about finding those top agencies. And we have an agency partner persona session where we're going to talk to these partner managers and partner teams about how to actually define that agency persona. I think you just hit something that is very tough to do, but it is necessary when you're building your agency personas, figuring out a couple things, obviously what their services are, but what services do they white label? What services do they send out of the shop? You know, they may say website development somewhere on their services page, but do they actually perform it in-house? Now, Chris, um, correct me, uh, but do you market yourselves? Do you have any keywords for website development or do you say, hey, here are our website development partners? How does that resell, refer relationship work inside of MRM? Well, so for us, what happens is we discover all sorts of challenges companies have by building up, building out their infrastructure. So 
you know, their website, you know, we are, you know, all, all online now. And so a lot of companies websites are not built to accommodate, you know, the level of interaction, you know, any of those, any of those component pieces. And so, you know, we identify some of the challenges that would be good fit for some of the SaaS providers that, that contact us. So we will you know, work with an agency that has a specialization. You know, if we know of a software solution that will fit what they need, you know, we will recommend you know, a company to take a look at that solution. And that, that's typically how we work. But those are not, um, those are not sort of partnerships that we are going to actively engage spend time learning that solution for us it's a you know here's a solution that might fit this need and, and then that it's just a you know, an awareness play with us not a you know let's let's schedule a 10 to 15 meet, minute meeting to identify companies who need a website that you happen to be doing other work with that's the mistake that is really commonly made as well that if you know what we do and you know that you know from our from our business model or services model so we're a you know tech enabled services company it's okay to reach out to us just reach out to us in that proper context hey i understand you do this as an organization this might not be an exact fit but here's what we do and here's the type of companies we help we help b2b saas companies just like you in this area if you come across any that have this specific need, you know, we'd appreciate you letting them know about our solution. So it's okay to do that. It's just positioning it properly. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's important. And, you know, it's very tough to learn everything that you just mentioned about yourself without actually having the conversation. I think if I put myself in a partner manager's shoes, that prospective partner, those people that are emailing you monthly, and I thought about what it's like being in that partner team shoes and they just have a database and they probably cycle through new partner managers every year and they step into that database and they say, okay, we've got, you know, a thousand partners that we're nurturing, whatever they call that stage in their partner pipeline, their PRM. Uh, what would be the tactic to find out if this is going to be someone that you want to keep emailing, if it's just not a good time, or if it's someone that you want to stop emailing because they're, not going to be a fit. I think one of the things that you mentioned there is worth sending in an email. It's really, you know, I, I saw Chris, you, you have website development here listed on your services page. You haven't been responding to our emails for partnership. Can I ask you if this is a relationship that uh, the website or sorry, the service, if this is a service that you outsource or if you just refer out or you white label because we'd really like to help you build that service out. And then you would probably reply pretty quickly with, uh, yeah, we, you know, we outsource it. Here's how that works. And that's why we don't do that. Or, Hey, we, we partner with these 15 agencies that provide these type of services. You may want to go talk to John at X organization. I mean, I think it's taking the time. I think, you know, having that proper sales process, just like you're selling to a end consumer for the product or service of your company, you have to follow that same process. So four calls, four emails over a 12-day period, one of those should be a video clip. And 
you know, it's about, it's about explaining who you are and how you can help the same target audience that we sell to. And that's the, that's the key piece, but, you know, getting a list of, you know, agency partners for different softwares that's listed on a website and doing a batch and blast emails to all of them saying, Hey, we've got this great service. We, we have a hundred partners that are signed up and you, you know, if you sell our software, we're going to offer really large commissions to you. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't fly with the people you want to partner with. I, I venture to guess that the people who are taking advantage of those offers or responding right away, you know, may not understand you know, their own business model or you know, spend the time and effort you need to help get market share grow. It could be, oh, great. I think I, you know, I'm only focused on the monetary aspect of it. So I'm going to sign up for as many of these programs as I possibly can, but they'll, they'll likely not result in, in any or very little revenue for your organization. And that, that's an actionable step. I, I like the idea of taking that nurtured list and really digging into the URLs on that list, going to the services page, um, looking at the services related to your solution and then forming a one-to-one -one email to really clean out that list and figure out if you're just annoying this agency and, and actually asking for the referral, you know, just like you would any B2B sales email. So this is something I think we can really help partner teams with. Um, a lot of partner teams just don't do B2B outreach the way that a B2B marketing or lead generation agency would. So it could just be a lack of just ideas and education in that topic. So that's a good takeaway. Thank you so much for letting us know that. And then I want to round this discussion out um, and, and give us uh, something to, to kind of go by for what's happened in partnerships. You know, I like to, to hear from someone that's had as much experience as you have uh, talk to the newer partner programs out there in your space and maybe give them a list of best practices to go by. And that means just a bullet point list of, hey, here are all the activities that my best partnerships do have, you know, the intrinsic things that make them great. If you can leave us with what are those one to 10 or one to five top things that make you super excited to answer their phone calls, get on the emails and, um, and work with them. Yeah, so I think, you know, number one on that list is really education. So whether it's a community or a, you know, meeting, you know, once or twice a month to talk about updates and solution and updates and software and really building out a partner community of individuals that are selling the software. I think a lot of organizations think that has to be one-on-one, -on -one, but, you know, I think building out that community of partners and having them help one another or share solutions is particularly important. I think the really good ones um, develop a relationship where you have joint pipeline. So it's, hey, I found these customers that, look, that have contacted us, these prospects that have contacted us that I think are a match for what your organization sells and does. You know, does that sound right? And then asking that partner, are there any prospects in their pipeline that, that they believe fit based on the understanding of that solution? So really building that out, I think 
joint marketing events. And even if this is literally a you know, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live type event, um, where you're talking about a solution to generate awareness for both organizations that that works that works particularly well. And then I don't know another way of saying this, but really caring and wanting to help the partner succeed and be proactive and not not always sending out an email saying, we have this special, can you help us sell this? We're trying to onboard someone else. And so there's, um, in the best relationships, there's a give and get associated with it. In a lot of the experiences, especially with companies who are just starting their, their partner programs, they're asking you for a lot, but not really offering you much in return for the time and investment you spend to you know, help them go to market or service that solution. What a great list. And I'm going to add one to it that you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Uh, that's the event marketing, co-marketing. So I think I have uh, joint pipeline relationships, which could be generalized as co-selling, which mm -hmm. is really where you're, you're working some leads together in some way, shape or form. Uh, but a subset of co-selling, which is, I think what you're talking more about is the partner actually coming to you with those contacts, not reaching out to you and saying, Hey, who's in your pipeline that I can jump on the phone and help you sell. No, it's the opposite. It's, Hey, here are the people in our pipeline that we're trying to sell and we think they're a fit for you. So please reach out to them and introduce yourself and we will win if you sell them because you're our partner. Um, they'll, get a very quick, they'll get a very quick response if they do that, right? Because it, it's one thing to say, I have this great solution that I think you can sell to your customers. It's another thing to say is, I think I've identified people who want to buy the solution that you can help service. You know, that, that definitely accelerates the conversation and I can probably count on one hand in the you know, six and a half years of MRM that that's happened where you know, someone's come to us and said, hey, great, we've talked to this organization. You know, they need help with these other things beyond what our software provides. You know, can you help them with that? And we believe our solution will also help them solve this specific problem. You know, would you like us to set up a call or provide an introduction? You know, that if you can tie it to potential revenue, then you know, a, a company like mine will be much more interested in having that conversation, learning that technology, because it, it proves that business case. This is action all day from you, Chris. This is great. So what I have is a email that someone in the partnerships team can send to the specific, specific agencies that they're really trying to get after. And that email will look something like this. I mean, the first step is go into your database, go into your pipeline, um, going to the unclosed, unsold that you still have enough of a relationship with to introduce Chris. So if I'm the partner manager, I'm going to go into my PRM. I'm going to look at all of those. Um, sorry, not my PRM, my actual CRM. I'm going to talk to sales and say, hey, give me five names that you think are perfect for Chris's agency. They have to sell into mid-market. They've got to use maybe a couple of these tools or they've got to have um, this type of business, whatever it is get those names, send Chris an email. And that email should say something like, Hey, Chris, I have identified 
a list of prospects in our pipeline that our agents, that your agency would be an ideal service provider for. We have not closed them yet. So please let us introduce you via email and hopefully after you win the deal, they will look closer at our product, right? Yeah. I love it. That's huge. I mean, given some circumstances, this may be tough for certain partner managers more than others, but reach out to your CRO, your VP of sales, um, make the case that Chris's agency would be a fantastic partner and that you've been blasting Chris with these emails that have not been opened or replied to in months. And um, you need this to help get in the door with Chris and help win that partnership. Um, perfect. So that's a great tactic. Uh, the list again, by the way, Chris's top partnership incentives is joint pipeline relationships. The one we just mentioned, uh, sort of like co-selling, but you providing those relationships, not Chris providing his pipeline to you. Uh, events, co-marketing with Chris, you know, get him on a speaking list, do webinars with Chris, get him backlinks from not just your website again and again, but reach out to your integration partners and mention Chris and get him some co-marketing. Um, really caring, finally, just showing Chris that when you email him, it's not 100%, hey, how can Chris impact my uh, metrics, my KPIs this month? You're reaching out to Chris to say, hey, what's on your plate that maybe I can help solve for, right? Or or what's going on in your world and let's figure out, you know, how to help you get over these tough times, you know, and uh, let them know what you can do and really make it all about Chris and his real needs at that moment. That's showing empathy and really caring for Chris's business. That will help you win the partnership. Any final thoughts, Chris? No, I think we, I think we covered a lot of ground. I hope this is helpful for those, you know, listening to the podcast. I'm happy for you to try out these tactics on me. You know, Alex, I, I appreciate being part of this and the relationship that we have, but find friendlies and you know, try out some of these approaches and sort of see what works. But please spend the time up front to at least have a cursory understanding of who you want to target as partners and treat it just like acquiring a customer in a regular sales process. I love it. All right. Well, for those of you that are also in the accelerator, we'll see you and we'll talk to Chris again in the accelerator. Chris, you've been fantastic, man. It's always uh, very enlightening to speak with someone with so much partnership and agency experience. Um, so look out for Chris. We'll link to all of your profiles, your website and all the stuff that you're doing and um, anything else that comes up, just shoot it over to me and I'll make sure it gets added to the notes so people can take part, learn more about you get affiliated, all that kind of stuff. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks again, Chris.